Hello and welcome animation fans to another Animate Podcast. I'm your host Larry Vasquez and this is episode 36. In this episode, I was able to interview and get some time with Everett Downing. Everett Downing has been working in the industry for quite some time. He got his break over at Blue Sky Studios working on their very first feature film, Ice Age. From there, he's able to work on Robots, Ice Age 2. He made the jump over to Pixar here on the West Coast and was able to work on such movies as Ratatouille, Toy Story 3, MU, Brave, and a whole host of other ones. So he's got quite a bit of history in regards to working in the feature film and uh, as well as working in story. He's currently over at DreamWorks Animation there in Glendale working in the story area. He has a really cool project of his own, uh, The Book of Mojo, which he has been on Indiegogo giving a campaign for, and we're able to talk with him a little about that as well, and so kind of just the ins and outs of maybe working on your own story and getting that going. So this turned out to be a very neat podcast, a lot of cool history from somebody who knows some of the ins and outs of the Working in 3 top studio, so let's get rolling. Well, first again, I appreciate you joining. I know artists and people just in general, they have lives. So uh-huh. I just appreciate your time and willing to, to speak with our guests here, audience, I should say. Of course. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this. So yeah, first off, I just, I always like kind of getting, I think each artist or person has their own story and how they kind of came into animation. So one of the things that's always intriguing to me is kind of how you got into the business, how you got into this, maybe where you studied at, what made you decide to get into animation and what's kind of led up until now. So, yeah, well, I, you know, I had a very interesting path into animation. I guess it's not all that surprising. I actually started out wanting to be a comic book guy. I was a huge comic book kid back in the days when I was in high school. So, you know, X-Men, Spider-Man, that was like my thing. And I actually uh, was studying illustration at SBA. I went my, for, for, for a year there. And as I was studying, uh, I was taking one of the classes and my instructor was like, have you ever thought about animation at all? Which I thought was kind of an interesting question. And he was just saying, like, I just noticed the way you put, like, the way you draw, like, your characters seem very animated. I think you would, you know, take really well to it. And then I would, I would talk about because I love animated movies, so I would talk about them all the time. And he's like, you seem like kind of like an animation guy. You might want to think about it. So um, that kind of, like, you know, I put a bug in my ear. And uh, while I was in school, I saw a couple things that kind of blew my mind. First thing I saw was um, Akira. Like, a friend of mine had, like, a copy of Akira, and I just remember saying, like, what? Like, this is, how is this a thing? How is, you know, what is, <laughs> where did this come from? So that kind of blew my mind. And that kind of started, really gave me on the path. I mean, like, I, I was always a Disney fan, but that one was, like, you know, like, I just remember that, like, really changing my outlook on, like, what animation could be. And then the next thing that blew my mind was uh, Toy Story. Fresh mm. off Toy Story. And, you know, seeing CG, I was like, this is incredible. And this is like when I was getting, starting to get ready to graduate and that sort of thing. So I'm like, at that time, I was actually looking to get into uh, 2D animation. I saw um, Toy Story and I'm like, this is it. Like, this is, <laughs> <laughs> this is what I have to be doing, you know. So, you know, from there, I decided I'm going to start doing, you know, I really want to become a, a 3D animator. And I changed my major in school. Yeah. I was lucky. I was really lucky. So now you said you were going to school where? Oh, well, actually, so I'm skipping part of the story. So I started a year out in, in SVA, and I only did one year. And at the end of the year, I'm like, man, it's really expensive in New York. What am I going to do? So I ended up switching schools. I actually went to Columbia College mm. in Chicago. 
And uh, that's, that's, while I was going there, one of the instructors actually, he, he was, his name is Luis Contreras. He's like, I have a lot, a lot to that guy. Um, but he was actually working at um, Big Idea. Mm. And he was telling me when I was in school, he was, he was looking at my, my work and I was taking Animation 2 class, which Animation 2 class at that time was really a storyboarding class. Okay. So I was taking the storyboarding class, and he's like, hey, you know, they're looking for guys. You should really go over and talk to the guys over at Big Idea. So actually, it was really, it's kind of a funny story. I actually went in because they were looking for layout artists. And at the time, they were doing 2D layout. They would do 2D and then go to 3D. Like, 2D layout is extremely technical. It's, like, really technical. How so? Well, it's just like... Uh, you know, you have to be really good with, like, perspective and really good, like, it's very, like, very exact. I, I always found, like, 2D, like, you know, because it's, like, what you're doing is, you know, you got to give a lot of information to the people who are trying to set up these shots and stuff. And I gotcha. I remember I did a test. <laughs> the guy, like, he saw my portfolio and he was like, yeah, it's, like, mostly boards. He's like, yeah, sure. He's like, we're going to give you tests. And he gave me a test to do, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I remember looking at it. Yeah, no, I don't think you're a great layout artist. But you know what? Like, I really like your boards when you're thinking about being a story artist. And at the time, you know, I was all about animation, animator. Like, being an animator, I'm like, story artist? Like, I don't really know much about that. And he's like, I think you, you know, I think you do really well with it. So I actually ended up, um, I started uh, boarding for Big Idea on VeggieTales while I was in school. So That's great, yeah. man. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was an interesting start. I noticed also on your IMDb, so you can correct me if this is if that's incorrect, but yeah, it showed that you were a um, in your art art department there and a writer on Three Two One Penguins. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So that was actually really fun. Um, I've been storyboarding for about a year and a half, two years at, at Big Idea. Finished college, and I was like my first year out, um, and. They were starting this new property, 321 Penguins, and they did this kind of all call to the employees, and they're like, we're looking for people who want to jump on this show, we want to develop it, and it was me, Aaron Hartline, Daniel Lopez, Mark Beam ended up jumping on it. Like, uh, there was a lot of people who kind of jumped on it, and me, Aaron Hartline, and Daniel Lopez are just really, like, trying to explore the show, and we did a lot of, like, character designs for it, um, and, uh, you know, I actually ended up doing a lot of boarding for like the second episode and that sort of thing. And, That's uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was a great experience. Like Michael Spooner at the time, he was like art directing the show. And art wise, I learned so much. Like you know, I, you know that really helped me kind of get out of like you know get like step up my game from like that college level to like professional level. So, and I was wearing a lot of hats at the time too. So I designed, I designed a couple of the characters, and then I was also like I was helping rigging that rig them and. I actually ended up animating on it too. And that, that really helped me get my first job in feature films. And uh, that was actually on uh, Ice Age. At oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Now, you know, here at iAnimate, we have disciplines that are kind of more focused, obviously, for character animation. Yeah. But we also have other disciplines like rigging and modeling and lighting, uh, motion capture. So these are areas that you can kind of do as well. You mentioned you wore a lot of hats there. Was yeah. that beneficial for you, maybe particularly getting started to kind of learn maybe some of the pipeline or how did that work for you there? Yeah, that was actually really great. Um, you know, it's one thing I've kind of noticed just in general. I think like when you're in that sort of college level that and you start working professionally, you actually, your, your skill set is actually pretty broad. Um, a lot of people, 
don't end up like really focused. There are some people who are super focused on like, oh, I, I really just want to animate. But you're, you're actually, your skill set can be pretty broad. And I actually think it worked out really well for me because I was able to like, they were actually looking for generalists on that show. So they were looking for people who could like wear a few hats because it was a smaller team and they were kind of looking at like, kind of like an alternative like uh, process. So that was, it was, it was really great, you know, um, that I haven't had something like that happen since then. So. Mm. so from there, you're able to jump to, you said Blue Skies, right? Yeah, yeah. On Ice Age. How was that transition for you from working maybe from a more smaller studio to a, <laughs> a feature level like that? Yeah, it was it was incredible. It was it was a great experience. It was really funny because at that time it was you know Blue Sky's first feature film. They're kind of transitioning from like doing a lot of like 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 movie effects and commercials to like you know their first feature film. So a lot of like a lot of us were like green, you know, we're like new guys. So there's a lot of enthusiasm. And I just remember the first time they sat, like, you know, I came in, they sat me down. And they're like, okay, cool. So, yeah, just just have some fun. Like, we're not going to sign any shots yet. Just kind of get to know the rigs. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. You know, I'm coming from, like, 3 Penguins, Penguin thinking, like, yeah, I got these rigs now. This would be nothing. <laughs> and I remember the, the first shot, I had to do a Manny shot. And I remember, like, opening him up. And then you turn on the controls. I swear it was like a Christmas tree. Like, see, like all <laughs> controllers, like, <laughs> and I just remember just like, what am I, oh, how am I supposed to do this? I'm being really freaked out, you know? But, uh, That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun, though. Like, a lot of us, like, we're, you know, we just kind of jumped into deep end. And I think when you're, when you're younger and, like, you know, you're on something new, you don't know how hard things are supposed to be. So, like, you're much more willing to, like, yeah, we can do this. Let's jump in. Let's do it, you know? <laughs> And I've heard some stories in regards to some of the studios in regards to the rigs. And obviously they employ very talented character TDs, but I've also heard because of the time constraints and budgets that oftentimes they can't do what they normally would do. And so the rigs can oftentimes be very difficult as well. So Yeah, um, yeah. yeah that can definitely happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so from Blue Sky Studios, that was the one feature you worked on. From there, did you jump to Pixar at the time or...? No, I worked on a few feature films. So I animated on Ice Age, Robots, Ice Age 2, and I started working on Horton. Okay. Um, and as I was working on Horton, I actually helped out. Um, I worked on um, a presentation that we actually did to the widow to kind of like get the state to kind of buy off on like, like, hey, we, we can, we can, you know, we can do suits really well. The test was really great. Uh, and, you know, at the time, it was like Jimmy Hayward was the one who was working on that, on the on the presentation. And it was just a small group of us kind of working together on that test. And it was great. Like, it was a lot of fun. But from there, I was able to, like, uh, it's really funny. Like, I, I always say, like, when I made the jump from from Big Idea to Blue Sky, I went from, like, I was doing a lot of boarding at, at Big Idea to animation at, on, uh, at Blue Sky. And... I really wanted to get back in the story. So um, I spent a lot of time trying to get, trying to do that. And I finally got back in the story on, on Epic actually. So, Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and Epic was one of those things like they developed it for a while and then they put it on the shelf a little bit and then they, they, they took it out and worked on it. So I worked on it uh, earlier, like the earlier versions of, of the movie. So, okay. Now, one of the, and this is just me, maybe so maybe you can kind of, again, correct me here. Uh -huh. It seems like with an animation, there's um, different personalities, I guess I'll say. And there are some people who 
maybe like uh, the acting portion of animation, and that's what draws them to there. But I've noticed there's also other animators who part of what draws them to animation is more of the storytelling. Yeah. Is that kind of maybe where you would fall into play? It seems like... Yeah, I really do like, I do really do like the storytelling stuff. The shots that I really tend to enjoy are like those juicy moments, you know what I mean? The moment shots, which are really hard to get. <laughs> those are really hard. And those are, those are super intense. I mean, I'm sure you know, like those are like, you know, yeah, the eye for detail in order to really make those sing, you, you really got to spend a lot of time with them. So I love that stuff. I love those juicy, like storytelling moments, you know? All right. So you had a pretty good career there at Blue Sky. Yeah. Full disclaimer, Robots is one of my actually all-time favorite movies. I don't know. Oh. I love that one. Oh, uh, awesome. So, yeah, way cool you got to work on that one. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was a crazy one because uh, um, we did so much footage for that one. Like, I don't know if you've heard about this, but there was, like, a lot of – we did a lot of extra stuff because they changed some of the story stuff. So we have – I really wish it would come out with a version that had some of the old shots. I, I Maybe they did. I have to check. Mm. It's been a while since I've checked the DVD, so. That much extra stuff, huh? It was a good chunk. <laughs> I, say, well, I think the average, I don't know, someone's going to probably nail me on this. I'm probably going to get it wrong. But I thought like 40% like of the animator stuff was like not used. I don't know. That could, <laughs> it was a lot. It felt like that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you make the jump or, you know, from Blue Sky over to West Coast here to Pixar? That was, that was really interesting. So, Basically, what happened was, uh, as I was working on uh, on Epic, I'd actually spent all this time trying to get back in the story, and I, and I did. I finally got into the story department at Blue Sky, and a buddy of mine told me, he said he was contacting them, but he was under contract. And he knew that my, like I hadn't yet signed the contract for another run. And he's like, hey, just so you know, Pixar's looking for people. Now, full disclosure, I tried to get into Pixar several times. So I was like, yeah, okay, whatever, you know? <laughs> he's like, oh, you should just try to get in. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I could go through that again. So I actually went into it thinking, like, whatever. I'm just going to sit on my uh, you know, on my portfolio. and Maybe I'll get it, maybe I won't. And I ended up getting an interview. And uh, it was really crazy because I remember at the time when I, um, I was looking for a place in Harlem. Like, we were, we were going to move to a new place. And I was looking at apartments. And, like, I was on my way to sign a new lease on the place and I got the call from Pixar and they're like, we want you to fly in and like interview. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Okay. Like it was like, <laughs> it was very memorable. And I went in and I, you know, interviewed there and I gave it really well. So uh, that's great. Yeah. And I ended up uh, working on Ratatouille. That was the, my first that's, film over there. That is phenomenal. That is yeah. phenomenal. Now, how much did you get to work with uh, Brad Bird? I mean, was that, Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, it was great. Like he, you know, he would come in. Like we have our walkthroughs where they actually, you know, they come through the offices and they look at stuff, and then they have your daily. So, you know, I actually, you know, saw him quite often. You know, and I, it was a really enjoyable experience. I, I, I love working with Brad Bird. That's amazing. Yeah, Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, real quick, before we kind of jump into there, I want to. Yeah. Uh, what were some of the things that you learned? Because to me, there's always. Um, what do I want to call them? Uh, cornerstones or things that are, you know, in your career that you can kind of look back at. What were oh. some of the stuff that you maybe at Blue Sky that you kind of took away with you to in your career there? Well, Blue Sky, I learned just a lot about just kind of performance. And when I say performance, like just, um, like that's how I really developed like 
like how, how am I going to make this sustainable? How am I going to be able to get my shots in a certain amount of time? You know? So I really learned a lot of like how, like kind of like my workflow, mm. you know what I mean? Like how to kind of accord myself is like, how do I handle myself professionally? You know what I mean? How I present my material to the directors and that sort of thing. So, and I'm just like just that getting that level, that professional level, like as, as far as, uh, you know, art goes. And mm-hmm. because a lot of us like really try to push our performances, I think, um, uh, like, it was really helpful for that sort of thing, you know? Um, mm. Yeah. Kind of learn the business then, huh? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Up my game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So now over at, back at Pixar now, yeah, you've got to, I look again and look in your IMDB. You worked on Wally, Ratatouille, you mentioned Brave, yeah. Up, yeah. MU. These are some people's high on their list as far as some favorites here. Yeah. Um, what are some more, memorable things maybe at Pixar or things that again some of those that you look back in your career and go I'll take that with me for the rest of my life here yeah well uh Pixar like you know I had a lot of good experiences up over there like I would say I would say one thing I definitely got was just like my polish like my polish level just like like shot out of the roof and also you know polishing performance you know what I mean like just really learning like what is this character like I found like when I was a blue sky, I was like, how's he moving? Like, like really analyzing how the character moves. And then like Pixar, I was like, why, why is he moving? Like a lot of times, even when I was looking at reels or like when I would give people feedback, I'm like, what's he thinking there? I remember I got nailed by some of my leads. Like, what is he thinking? There's one more moment. Like, what's that? What? And I'm like, uh, he's like, nope, wrong answer. (laughs) That's the wrong answer. You know? So um, just that, like that level of polish, like, uh, you know, there's some movies that are like completely stand out. Like Ratatouille was just like, man, just uh, it was such a great experience. Like everyone was, you know, everybody's really talented there, but like everyone's firing on, on all cylinders, and you know, there's that feeling of like you know, steel sharpened steel, and everyone's trying to work to get better. And then for me, like up, I just, I really enjoyed working with Pete Doctor um, and working on that film and. Uh, I think just professionally, like I was firing like on all cylinders on that one. And it was really like, I, cause I kind of clicked with everything that was going on, which is why I was like really disappointed. I, I, I didn't get a chance to work on uh, Inside Out. Uh, yeah, it was fantastic. And then like working with Lee, he's just like on, on Toy Story 3. And it's just like, it was just, a, that, that movie is like a machine. It was just, it was just like, <laughs> like, it was just so well orchestrated, you know, well, so well run. Yeah. Was working with director on each different movie a different experience, or do they kind of do things pretty similar across the board at Pixar? No, every 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 film is different. Every like director feels very different. Rad is like you know super. You know he's just he's just a, I, I'm snapping my fingers because like he would watch something like boom he'd give you your notes. Like I remember a few times like he watched my shot like go two or three times he stops like okay this is what you need to do this this and this and i was like uh okay you know? <laughs> and then um when you're like dealing with like the doctor he was very much like uh really thoughtful and thinking about it and he, he saw your shot he's like hmm he's gonna think about it for a little bit and then deliver it to you whereas like working on with mark andrews on brave he's like you know he's like a 
He's like a hurricane. He comes in. He's like, "Come on, guys, let's get together. Come on, let's make this." You know. So, <laughs> so he he like puts he like he has this boundless energy that kind of infuses into the crew. So every show is different. So each each show you're kind of having to adjust and adapt with your workflow, even. Yeah, Maybe, yeah. Because you know, what they want to see. Yeah, because like you'll learn really quickly. Some people like. Like, uh, they want to see shots differently, you know? Like, you might have, like, uh, some guy, like, oh, you can just show them stepped, especially if they have, like, a 2D background, they'll get it, you know? Some guys, like, oh, you know, they'd rather see, it's, like, a little bit more splined out. And there's some people who want to see face stuff really early, you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, and you learn that after, like, I got really good at that, too, by the way. <laughs> like, you learn, like, okay, you know, the first couple times you show, you know, it's, it's kind of like you're kind of biting your fingernails or whatever, and, but you learn really quickly. Okay, so don't show this guy without the face blocking. Got it. <laughs> um, let me ask you this: On when you're jumping into a new show, what are some of the things that you like doing moving into that? Oh, well, this is like again, this is kind of part of like the lesson of um, now. I like jumping to a show. It's different because I've been spending the last few years uh, doing story. Now I'm animated, but it's, it's pretty similar, actually, now that I think about it. And it's just like research. You want to find out what's the language, what's the language of the show, what shots worked really well with the director, what shots didn't go over well, that sort of thing. And same thing with story. It's like you come in and you want to know, like, which sequence did the, did the director really like, you know, and you want to, like, kind of study those and sort of get a, get a feel for it. And I'm like, and any time I haven't done that, it's the time that I've suffered, you know, and kind of like plot <laughs> You know, <laughs> planning, 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 huh? Planning, planning, planning every single time. I don't know why that seems like that's such a difficult thing to get into people's head. I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've listened to podcasts where yeah. people have talked about that, and yeah. I can totally relate on my shots where you just want to jump into something. Yep. And don't do it. No, it bites you in the rear very badly. Every single time. <laughs> it's funny. I remember like when I was working on um, Ice Age 2. And I decided I wanted to, like, I was going to, like, scientifically prove it. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to try with two different shots. And one shot, I'm just going to jump into it, and the other shot, I'm going to plan it out. And it was several orders of magnitude better. The one that I, <laughs> I was like, man, it looks so good. And enough to, like, where some of my friends were comment, like, yeah, that shot was really awesome. Like, so people say that's a you know that's and I was very meticulous about this particular shot, and I have friends like that's one of my favorite shots that you've animated. So that's like, cool. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So can't get any any more proof than that, you know. Yep, yep. So it's about the outcome, huh? Yeah, exactly. Now, when you say language of a show, what what is your what do you mean by that? Can you define that? Yeah. So language of the show is kind of like the tone. You know what I mean? It's like. Um, all the directors have kind of a vision. They kind of know what they want. Some guys know exactly what it, and some of the guys kind of have a feel for it, and they kind of react to things that you're presented. So you really have to kind of like pay attention and be very uh, aware of those things. So, for example, if I present a shot to um, to Mark Andrews and he makes a comment about like, uh, "What's this? What's that?" You'll know really. You know really quickly, like in. This is why I love dailies, by the way, because like we're all sitting, we can see everybody's presenting their shots, and you can kind of notice this. But you'll see very quickly those there start to think be things that he reacts to, and you know I'm sure all of us, all the animators are doing this. We're checking things off, like okay, don't do that again. You know what I mean? Like or, or like oh, he seems to really like this this particular acting, and you know, uh, we'll, some of us will take it back and look at it like 
you know, play the shot over. And then there's some of those who even like will open up the shot and look at the, you know, the curves and that sort of thing, you know, <laughs> get, in, get into the belly of the beast, find out what's going on. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, your workflow has, does that change from show to show or do you, have you just developed it throughout the years? Has it been pretty similar? Uh, it's changed a lot. Um, I haven't animated in a while because I've been doing story, but I know what I would, I actually had just started animating again and I know what I do differently now. Like I'm now much more opinionated about like where it's before, like I'll try something different now, not so much. And a lot, a lot of things are like, and I think this has to do with casting a show, like all shows, like you definitely have to adapt your style, but ultimately you got to kind of like work with what works best with you. So um, I've tried several things. Like I've tried the whole, like I've tried step, I've tried like almost like keyframing it almost in a 2D way where you kind of break, keep breaking it down. I've done the whole spline thing where you kind of copy curves and that sort of thing. And I tried the whole video overkill where you're like doing, doing a lot of video reference of yourself. And uh, you just got to kind of pick what worked really good. And I know what, I know what people reacted really well for me from, which is actually going to be closer to kind of like the keyframing style you know where it's like a little bit more like i like breaking things down because you know uh i think ultimately i kind of come from like a 2d sort of sort of origins even though i never didn't really follow it all the way through mm-hmm. like that's how my brain kind of works and now like i said i've started doing it again and i i know like i'm much more opinionated like i'm not going to mess around like i'm not going to mess around with the whole spliny thing i'm not going to do that i tried it I think that there was my least successful shots. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Tried it. I'm done with it. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I think, so I think a lot of it, like if I were going to give someone advice is like, try it, try it all, try like all the different styles and see which one you, everyone has kind of a feel for something. You know? Right. And if, if you're not like, you also have to kind of be pay attention to the show. Cause it might be a show. I've seen this happen in the past where just the way this is a style of show. It's just not well suited or a particular animator style. And that's not a bad thing. It just means it's just not your, it's not your film. You know what I mean? It's like you'll do, you know, just put in your best effort, find the best way to work for that on that show and then keep moving on. Let's transition a little bit to the book of Mojo. Yes. Um, very interesting project you got going on here. Yeah. It's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I love the level of creativity in there even from the camera work to the lighting style and rendering style to obviously yeah. the animation. And so this is a very cool project that I've seen here online. Um, yeah. Where did the story come from? The story actually is something I've been kind of messing with on and off for like many years. Like I said, I had my origins in comic books. Like I wanted to be a comic book guy. and I love storytelling and there's some really good friends of mine. We were always talking about writing and, and like how's the best way like to start telling stories. Cause you know, it, it's like anything else, it's a skill set. So you got to practice it to get better. And I just started writing Mojo and working on it as a comic book. Cause I wanted to get better at like storytelling. I'm like, oh, this is like a fun, really weird, different story. And it's like got a lot of elements that I really like. I like urban fantasy and like, I just love the conceit of magic in the real world. I think it's kind of an interesting sort of juxtaposition i love shows like you know buffy and, and uh harry potter and that sort of thing and uh as i was working on this comic book i just became more and more kind of like obsessed with like man i i would love to kind of like uh work on a short or work on a teaser or something like that like direct something and um 
really good friend of mine, Emma Coates, was like, you should pick a story, something simple, do like something really quick to see if you like it. So I decided like, hey, you know, I've been working on this comic book. What if I just worked on a teaser for it? So um, I was able to somehow convince a bunch of my friends to help me out. And uh, <laughs> we, we built it out this teaser for it. So Now, when you say your friends, is this separate for the teaser than what the crew you have now? Because like I mentioned yes. earlier, you've got some of some students from Animate who yeah. have kind of gone through our program and uh, we've got both Frank Abney and Aaron yep. McGriff yep. Uh, working with you here. So that, that's way cool. Yeah. Um, Wait, there might be a couple others. I, I won't say yet because they're not totally on the team yet, but I'm talking to a couple. I think, yeah, a lot of them are from iAnimate. So. That's, that's great to hear. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is actually a different crew. So when I started it, the teaser, I was actually got a bunch of my friends at Pixar to help me out. So we were, we were working on this, this teaser like after hours mm. and, um, I had gotten a job as a story artist over at, at DreamWorks and moved out to LA for the job. And after doing the teaser, I just got that bug, man. I was like, man, I would love to keep doing this. Like, is there a way to do this? And I, I decided like, okay, you know, I gotta like, I, I, I gotta take a little time out and like work on this and kind of push on it. Cause number one, I think it's really cool. Number two, like I, it'd be awesome to see if this, goes anywhere. So I ended up talking to just a few people, like Frank was one of the early guys I talked to. I'm like, hey, do you would you want to maybe work on something like this? And just being kind of overwhelmed by the people who are like, yes, yes, that sounds very cool, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you, there's quite a number of people who kind of jumped on, and it's just been awesome. We're taking it kind of in a different direction with the look, but doing like it's just been so much fun like it's it's been awesome well i think when you see the high level of quality that you have going on there it's exciting it's something where you can see where someone want to be a part of it or as you have it here on indiegogo right yeah, um, yeah, yeah. again it, i can see where it's drawing more people to go okay i can see the vision of this and where this is going and the level of fidelity that this artist you is wanting to put into this so yeah, it's, yeah. it's easy to get behind something like that I mean, it's been it's been a lot of fun like uh you know, I love the idea of like, you know, when you join in, when you group with people and like how that evolves, mm -hmm. <laughs> Cause, you know, the idea itself, well, when I started, it was really simple and just like, uh, I would meet with a lot of uh, my buddies at Pixar and they would pick it apart and say like, no, that doesn't work. And, you know, it just gets stronger and stronger. And then when you work with a full crew of guys and, and they're like, Hey, you know, I noticed your design. What do you think if we did this? And we went in this direction. You're saying like, that's amazing. That's incredible. So just seeing the evolution is, is fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. Now the crew that you have now, how did you assemble them? Is it something that you kind of put out there or is this, Hey, I know some people and then they knew somebody else or how did that work for you? Yeah, that's exactly it. The latter. So I, you know, I initially just kind of approached three or four guys and they were, and I said, Hey, would you be interested they said, yeah, of course. And then I'm like, you know, just offhandedly. Yeah. And if you know anybody who else, you know, someone else who might be wanting to do something like this, let me know. And from there, it just kind of like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And since, and since the, it went live too, a lot of people said like, you know, is your crew full? You know, <laughs> it's been great. Well, it's pretty cool too, because the idea, I can see where somebody's getting some, um, maybe who's not in the industry just yet, but has that talent right there yeah. where they can get some production type experience, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to work on something like this. So um, how are you working with this team? Obviously it seems like they're kind of maybe all over or how yeah. is that? 
it's been real. That's so that's been a story in itself. We it's all remote. So basically, uh, I'm based down here in LA. I, I would say like a little bit more than half the crew is is here. Uh, and then there's a number of people that are in San Francisco. I got there's some some like a third of the crew I would say is in New York. You know, there's someone working in Austin, Texas. We actually, we actually have someone in Sweden who's helping out. <laughs> so it's been really interesting. We do a lot of this, like Zoom. Mm -hmm. like we'll have meetings in Zoom. And, um, you guys you know, have dailies at all? or A lot of the pre-production is done, so we haven't gotten – we're trying to fund the production of it. Okay. So a lot of it's just like now we've like we've finished a story reel. We're building characters. I think two, three of the characters are built. Two of them are rigged, you know. So we're starting to line things up. So we haven't got to the point now where we're doing dailies yet, but okay. animation tests have started and stuff. So it's really exciting. That's neat. Yeah. Where are you wanting to take this, this pilot here? If you don't mind me asking. Well, initially the idea was, is, you know, um, I had a, a friend who was pressing me. My friend was telling me, you got to make this, this has to be a series. And I'm like, you don't just, you know, throw something like this on, you know, like in front of people and ask for it to be serious. And we kind of talked about it. He's like, I think we can do, you know, a pilot that's like a proof of concept and then like maybe shop it around. Mm -hmm. um, I think ultimately in my mind, this is something I could, you know, I'd love to be able to think that someone like maybe Netflix or Amazon or something like that, like you could right. find a home there. Um, uh, network TV would be cool. I just don't know, like, it's a pretty different story, but you know, it all depends on the audience. If the audience is there, that's another reason why we want to do Indiegogo. We're trying to build our, our, our audience. Well, one of the things that I'm looking at this, cause we've had uh, LaShawn Thomas on a yeah. podcast as well. And he yeah. had his um, funded. It's just amazing to me as I'm looking at this, that with the medium of, you know, obviously the internet, you're able to do work with the team that's uh, throughout the world you're able to with crowdsourcing to be able to fund a project like this. And then as you mentioned with things like Netflix or Amazon, you're able to get something actually out there to a mass audience. Yeah. It's just phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I don't think you could do this, something like this any other time. And now like, it's just like the level of communication you get the fact that we can have a meeting, you know, with like, you know, uh, 10 of our guys all at the same time. It's video conferencing and, at your homes, it's ridiculous. You know, it's like <laughs> the stuff that you can do is just, it's absolutely amazing. But it just seems to also open up the possibilities for not just different, but well, different and more yeah. um, venues other than just TV where guys yeah. like you are able to get your story out there. Yeah. I definitely feel like the, uh, the playing field is, is like the, the landscape is changing uh, with the advent of online streaming and like YouTube. People are looking at a whole new different like areas for, for content. And, you know, there's a lot of content out there. Uh, well, there's a lot of potential places we can get content and people who are kind of hungry for it, you know? So mm -hmm. um, yeah. it's just, it's incredible that, that you can do something like this. These days. Yeah. Well, if you don't mind, we'll obviously have in our show notes a link to the uh, crowdsourcing site as well as the trailer. But why don't you tell us about the story a little bit? Okay, yeah. So um, it's called The Book of Mojo, and it's an urban fantasy. It's set just a little bit into the future. And the main conceit of this world, of the world, is that uh, magic, which, which once thought to be legend, is, is now real. It's like a real thing. 
in our reality. It's like we wake up tomorrow and boom, magic is the thing. <laughs> uh, like, how do you regulate that? Like, how do like how do we how do you do you know how do you work with that? Um, and just to add complications to the, to this whole thing, not everybody can use it. So only certain people can use it. They're called crafters, and they can actually use this this uh, art form. And the story kind of centers around this girl. Her name is Creepy. She's this young, like 13-year-old runaway who's been uh, separated by from her father by this tragic accident. And she's actually looking to magic as a way to kind of reunite with her father. And her life has changed when this incredibly powerful magical artifact literally like drops into her life. Uh, and it, what it is, is a seven-foot-tall like walking statue that she calls Mojo. And he has no idea what his origins are, where he came from. He's very confused. He feels like this is not what he's supposed to be. He, does, he doesn't feel like he's something that's created. He feels that he's something that has existed and he wants to look into his background. Hmm. So he kind of gets together with her. He actually, um, she manages to convince her to kind of help him look into like his origins. And that just stirs up a, like a pot of, <laughs> a pot of worms. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Very cool. Very cool. Like I said, from the trailer, the teaser trailer, it just looked very nice, high quality, and uh, again, very interesting. So I think you've got some great recipes for a good story and series here. So Awesome. Thank you. Um, quick questions. Okay. Uh, you're kind of just, I don't know, I, I called them something else in another podcast. I forget. <laughs> uh, rapid fire questions. Just okay, kind of sure. out there. All right. Um, Who's your favorite comic book character? Right now, right now, it's Spider-Man. Cool. Miles Morales, Spider-Man right now. All right. So it has it. you said right now. So has it changed before that? What was it before? Oh, it was Peter Parker's Spider-Man. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so just Spidey, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I awesome. like Spider-Man, but I, you know, I was a huge fan of the X-Men as well. Okay. Like, I, I love the idea. Like, ever since I was a young kid, I loved the, the mutant thing and, uh, you know, the X-Men. I was like, that was my, that was my book back in the day. So. That's sweet. Yeah. Favorite villains. Ooh. Okay. So my favorite villains, um, I, I love the Joker. He's such a, he's so messed up, you know, <laughs> uh, he's so wrong. Uh, but I also like, uh, man, it's funny. Like, I think I like a lot of the DC guys. Um, cause the first one that jumped to my mind is Joker. And then, well, no, no, I like Dr. Doom. I think he's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Just the idea of this, you know, Latverian, like, you know, King or whatever. And yeah, he's, he's pretty interesting guy. Um, yeah. Let's also, so yeah, more classic guy, Lex Luthor. Okay. Yeah. Who's been some of your favorite characters to work on animated wise? Oh, okay. So I really enjoyed working, uh, with Linguini and, uh, Colette. Those guys had, they were just so, they were so appealing. It was really easy to like, compose them out because they look great from so many angles. Um, I also really enjoyed working on, I did a lot of stuff with uh, the bird in uh, and up. It was just so much fun. Like, I mean, it was really, we, we looked at the, like a lot of like cassowaries and like ostriches and stuff. So, and he was just like, just really fun Muppety type of, type of character. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then um, uh, on Brave, I had a lot of fun with um, the three suitors. I did a lot of scenes with those guys. There are also characters who look funny from so many different angles. You mm-hmm. know, like it's really fun to work with. Um, any extracurricular activities that you enjoy doing? Mm, I love bike riding. Okay. Although I haven't done it in a while, like 
I, you know, that's like my thing. I need to, I need to start doing it again. Like, I just like just getting on that bike and kind of plugging your music in or whatever and just kind of riding for a while. It's just great, you know. Uh, any favorite books? Oh, so I've been, you know what? Um, I read a book recently that I really enjoyed and it's called Steelheart. I can't remember, I can't remember the author off the top of my head. But uh, it was really, really interesting, really, really messed up. <laughs> I, really, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Very cool. Um, any influences throughout your career? Maybe movies, mentors? So, yeah, I would say so. Um, so as far as mentors go, there's a few guys who have been, I think, pretty key. One of them is uh, Luis Contreras was my instructor in school, and I still talk to him to this day. Just a lot of guidance, a lot of passion for like story art and storytelling. I would definitely say Mark Andrews, just because when I was transitioning into the story department over Pixar, like he he gave me a lot of like really great just advice and and uh, just really kind of help help me up my game. And then like. And then uh, there's some people I think I just work with and like, they've just been such a pleasure to work with. Um, one of them is Dan Lopez. And he's been friends of mine for a long time. He's actually, he's like an um, uh, uh, art director over at Pixar right now. And he's just, he's just like, I've always loved his work. It's just like, it's just beautiful stuff. Um, and another longtime friend of mine, we've just been kind of following each other for a long time and known each other from college, and that's Aaron Hartline. He's just an inspiration because he's so – he's, like, he's number one, he's, like, a, a super solid animator. Number two, he's just, like um, – he's just, like, so, like, focused. <laughs> I've, never seen, I've never seen anyone quite as focused as, as he, he is. Um, yeah. Okay, two questions here. This is kind of one in the same a little bit, but what advice would you give to someone getting into the business? And then the second one's kind of dovetails with it. What would you? What advice would you give somebody who maybe is already in the business? Mm. Maybe maybe more early on. Okay, that's an interesting question. So, somebody getting into business, um, I would definitely say uh, um, professionalism is very important. So, you know. Um, do, do the do the job and like pay attention like it's it's about it's you know not to get corny or whatever it's, but it, it's about the journey it's not about the destination so um when when one thing that i've actually learned that throughout the years i read i read an art like i was reading a book about some of this stuff and it's like that the fact that practice is performance meaning like everything is practice you need work it's practice you know what i mean so just kind of be present with that don't think about where you want to be don't think about what you want like you know when you're planning you definitely plan your destination of, of what you want your shot to look like but don't be so overly obsessed with like trying to get it get there it's like that you're not focused on being where you want to be in the shot you know and that i i'll get you let you get to the other one but that is yeah. so crucial yeah i think particularly you know having dealt with i animate being a student in the past but also still very much involved I think that's such a key wisdom right there because a lot of students kind of come in and all they're thinking about, okay, it's my demo room, my demo room, my demo room. And they're, and they're forgetting that they're right. They're now here to learn. Right. You know, yeah, they'll, that part will come, but right now you need to learn those things. So that's a, that's a great bit of wisdom right there. 
And you'll see it too. Like, you know, I'm sure you've seen like when someone's in the performance, you can tell like when, when they're living with it and with whether or not they're like, a lot of people can learn the, the technical aspect and get really good at it. But like, you got to kind of slow down, like just like be with the shot, you know, it sounds really like <laughs> new agey. And stuff, but that's, that's, that's what, you know, that's what I would say. And, um, for the second part of it, like what would I tell someone in the industry now is um, so and this is kind of like this profound thing that I've kind of learned. Um, and, and, and that is like your, your job, like what you do, like, you know, the path you fall is your life. In the end, you remember the work, right? But you're going to remember the crew more. You're going to remember who you work with more. And, Pick something like if you're happy with with the crew that you're working with, you can have much more impact on that team. Again, this is another thing that kind of sounds like very sort of new agey and stuff. But I remember the experiences that like where we were all, like we were all working really effectively as a team, and I really enjoyed who I was working with. Like there were some films that I just like it was just a sheer joy to work on because we're all in the same place and you know just kind of that's the same thing about being present um and just kind of like knowing to, to, to stay with that to kind of stick with that now oftentimes as animators you can kind of be secluded working on your own shots and stuff yeah. what would what advice would you give to being a good team player as well because you're not also an isolated island here you're, you're yeah. working for a common goal here so what advice would you give to be uh, being a good team player so um this is a great question i actually am trying out some of these things like i really think you definitely get out of your office get out of your office after you get your launch doesn't matter if you just launched by yourself or, or, or what. find everybody that you're working on that sequence with this is the same same goes with 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 story talk to your team and I would even go as far as saying this is something I'm trying I really want to do as, as I work on um, to, on my own production and, and that's like work it out together work out that sequence together if we're animating a sequence together let's get it let's actually try to like block it out as quickly as possible as a team and look at it and see like what's playing what's not you know try to get it in front of your director in that form as quickly as possible so you can see if the scene is playing a lot of times, I mean, it would happen, like you're kind of in your, your office, you're like, oh man, this is gonna be so awesome. People are gonna be talking about my shot <laughs> for, for like the whole, you know, whole production. And then you get it, and you see it next to everyone else's and it doesn't fit or whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, like it's a different tone, you know? Your guy's like, like 600 times sassier than like he is in all the other shots, you know? <laughs> Epic you, shot, but it does not work. It doesn't work, you know? It doesn't work, so. Yeah, you know, get get together, like work on the shots. With, it's a living thing. Uh, you know, this is nothing that's just I've learned from just years of working in in production on feature films. It's like sync with your team. You know, what I mean, like work together and stuff, and you know, synchronize, harmonize. <laughs> All right. Now, what are you enjoying about the the industry right now? You said you know, you've oh, been man. working in it for quite some time. What is it that maybe you've seen throughout that time and what are you enjoying about it? Maybe see what, as it's kind of moving forward here. Well, the industry is changing a lot now. You know, it's, it's like, what's been interesting for me is exactly what kind of stuff we've been talking about earlier. It's like, 
a lot of different venues that are kind of opening up and like um, a lot of new players coming into the game. Curious to see what they're, what they have to offer. Like seeing Paramount in the game and seeing like Warner Brothers and stuff, Illumination adding stuff and, and real facts. Like it's just cool to see more styles and, and more, more ideas coming out there. So that's what's exciting for me, like to see other people kind of start to, you know, get in there and, and try things. So, and, and, and also like this whole crowdfunding thing and, and uh, uh, online streaming, I'm curious to see where that goes. You know what I mean? Like that, it's in its baby stages right now, but like, you know, if you look at the track records, uh, there's been a lot of uh, animation that's sort of started that way, you know, mm-hmm. uh, almost like a startup mentality, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you joining me on this podcast. I want to give a quick shout out though. Do you have the link for the book of Mojo or the website that they can get from there? What's yeah, the for sure. Uh, yeah, definitely check out the comic. Uh, you can see the comic online and get all the updates. If you go to www.bookofmojo.com and if you want to check out, like support our, our short and why wouldn't you? Cause it's amazing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Like you can check us out. Um, it's www.igg.me backslash at backslash book of Mojo. All right. Yeah, definitely go and check out the site. I'm sure once you see the trailer there, you're going to want to get behind this thing. And it is, it's important. That's why I wanted to get you on here. It's important for people to, to be able to support things like this and to be able to open up and uh, what's being shown out there and kind of uh, make things a little bit broader in what we're able to see. So definitely get behind this. Yeah, I definitely feel like supporting this is supporting our industry as a whole, you know, like it just makes it broader and more robust. So get out there and yeah, support me and other other indie animation there's some great stuff out there absolutely absolutely well Everett a really nice meeting you on this and I really just yeah. appreciate your time and, and good luck to your uh, your campaign here alright thank you very much fantastic talking to you Larry awesome thanks again <laughs>